This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Words I want us to say out loud together. It's going to be our title this morning, and I want you to read it just like it is. Say, I'll see God's goodness. I'm determined that I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord on my life. Everyone say, I receive. (laughs) Here we go this morning. I love so many cities in the state of Texas, but one of my favorite cities in this state is just south of us, San Antonio, Texas. How many in here love San Antonio, Texas? Man, I love me some San Antonio. And uh, there's so many reasons why, but God was good to me while I lived in San Antonio. Ooh, I have seen the goodness of the Lord. If you're a guest here today, uh, I'm referencing this real good looking little mama Sita on the front row that happens to be my Mamacita. Her name is Dinora Yolanda Lopez Brandon. <laughs> but man, I was in San Antonio. I took my first church position. I was a youth pastor in San Antonio for a short period of time. And I was hired to go to San Antonio. Uh, it, was a, uh, it was a great church, Pastor Manny, but they did not have an organized youth ministry. So my job was basically round up as many kids as we could and and literally kind of create a youth ministry there. So while I was there, uh, the Lord helped me uh, to do that. And, but, but living there, the church I served, Shana, was on the far south side of San Antonio. And I, I drove up to the far north side of San Antonio to another church for a church service. And I happened to walk in this church service on the north side and heard the voice of an angel singing a solo And I interrupted the whole service because she got so fixated on me when I walked in. (laughs) She started losing her words. She didn't know what tune she was in. She was in the wrong key. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I don't know what's happened. (laughs) So she bird dogged me from the platform. She sought me out. Chased me down the park. I'm like, somebody better get an usher. This woman's lost her mind. (laughs) It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) I think y'all know the truth. (laughs) I think y'all know the truth. I lied, told that woman I was some wealthy man from the far country that my daddy was a king, and I I lied to her to get her just to go out with me. But San Antonio was good to me. I loved that city. But I remember also in 1996, while in San Antonio in 1996, uh, my pastor, Bishop Ron, was in town. And uh, the two of us were, were enjoying each other's company, playing around a golf at a golf course in San Antonio named The Quarry. This golf course was named The Quarry. And I remember, you know, being from southwest Louisiana, you don't see too much change in and topography and such. And Southwest Louisiana is just pretty much swamps and pine trees and uh, just, just beautiful country, but nothing like San Antonio Hill Country. 
this golf course left such a lasting impression because it was several feet below the earth's surface. It was named the quarry, and it was named that for a reason. At the time, during my round of golf, I didn't know uh, the history of, of, of the ground that we were walking on. I just know it was beautiful, and I knew that there were so much drops of elevation. I was just blown away with it. I've recently come to understand, though, uh, the history of, of that piece of property. It was an abandoned piece of real estate left behind from the Alamo Cement Company. Now, this particular uh, cement company, it's still in business on the outskirts of San Antonio, but this property was theirs for a long time, and they had spent years upon years sticking dynamite down into these permanent uh, rock structures from, from the earth and they would blow those things to smithereens and it would level down and crumble down and then of course they would excavate and so on. And through the years, I don't know how many acres this was, but through the years a large amount of real estate became this quarry of, of, of rock and, and, and leftover of rock. So here's what's, what I want to just kind of start us thinking about this morning. This is where we're kind of going to wheels up and we're going to start talking about this right here. And, and all of our students, AOs represented this morning, our young adults are represented. We've got in this second service a lot of young couples and, I, and I'm reaching for some of you today and I really want you to listen to what I'm trying to tell you. You might feel and sense, you might know, let's say it that way, you might know that there are some things in your world that, that are permanent problems that you've been dealing with for a long time. You've spent a lot of your energy trying to scale over some things. You've spent some of your energy trying to, trying to figure out a way around some things. You've even tried to tunnel through some things that seem permanent. Let's talk about something that the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. Let's talk about some addictions Let's talk about hangups and issues that, that, that literally have you. It's got you right where it's wants you. Whether it's something such as pornography or nicotine or alcohol or drugs or spending too much money or, 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 or uh, being hateful to your family and having a quick tongue and maybe it's ethics morality, whatever it might be, but you're trapped in a situation that you think will never change because you've tried to change it through the years and nothing's worked. You cannot seem to get on top of the problem. You, uh, you, you, just when you get a day under your belt and you think you've whipped it, it pops back up and then you realize it still got me right where it wants me. Can I just offer something to you? When the power, everyone say the power. When the power of God touches your life, we have different things doctrinally. We have the grace of God. The, we've got the mercy of God. We've got the goodness of God of which we're preaching about today. All of these come from a stem. They come from being touched by the power of God. When the power of God touches your life, it can be seen like dynamite in the way that it can explode things out of your way. So this morning, I want to encourage you 
to give your life over to the Lord in a way that his power can be demonstrated in your life. Chains can be broken by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and your whole life can be changed by the power of God. But you have to be in a position to receive it. You gotta be in a frame of mind that you have a desire for it. You gotta want it and you have to be able to receive it. So this morning, I've just come by to tell you that if you will go with me in scripture and if you'll go with me in faith, you will see the goodness of God demonstrated in your life. Someone say, I will see the goodness of the Lord. Do you believe it? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, if you would like to turn there, Isaiah chapter 43. I want to read to you a, a powerful portion of scripture. It's kind of like God, he takes a moment to brag. Any braggers in the house? At least somebody's honest. All you other folks lying, kind of like I did about how Denora chased me down. Y'all lying just like I was. Everybody likes to brag a little bit. Believe it or not, we see in Scripture the Lord just goes ahead and just kind of brags a little bit about his abilities. And that's all right because he can back it up. There's nothing worse than a bragger that can't back it up. But God, he can back it up. Isaiah 43 and verse 15, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. Check it out. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters. I made a dry path through the sea. I mean, can't you see him? He's kind of like poking his chest out a little bit, kind of giving you that little look. I'm the one that made a dry path through the sea. I'm the one that made a way through the waters. He says, with one hand, I'm doing that, but with the other hand, I call forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots, with all of its horses, I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. And, and I hope this doesn't come across offensive to some of you. I, I promise you, I mean it in the right spirit. It's almost like God went gangster right here because he says their lives, their lives were snuffed out like smoldering candle wick. In other words, he, he finished the job. He said his life, these lives were smoke, uh, snuffed out like smoldering candle wick. And then he just kind of does one of these numbers and the word of the Lord comes to us this morning in verse 18 and says, but forget all that. Forget all the fact that I just made a way through the water. Forget all the fact that I took care of your enemies. Forget all that because it's nothing compared to what I'm gonna do. For I'm about to do something new. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'm gonna create rivers in the dry wasteland. Yes, I'm gonna make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. Somebody say, that's me. I'm gonna see the goodness of the Lord. Can you imagine a dry wasteland with a river running through it, bringing refreshment? That's what God's come to do in some of your lives this morning. 
He wants to put his goodness on you in a way that you're refreshed and made again another. He wants to make you new. He wants to breathe new life into you. He wants to put it all back together again because of his goodness. Is there anybody else this morning that woke up with your head congested with this weather pattern? Ooh, we having church. I got more hands raised on that than I did anything I've said this morning. <laughs> Preachers have a way of getting responses, don't we? You preach the word, everybody's snoring. You say anybody feeling kind of weird this morning in your head? Ugh. Well, I tell you, I woke up, Ronnie and Sandy, I woke up, my head's just so congested and full. I feel like I'm preaching in a tunnel this morning. So if I start acting half crazy, it's the Sudafed and the coffee mixed together. Anybody want a dose? <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have them lined up, Tamara. <laughs> People be lining up here and then they go over here for seconds. I must see his goodness in my life, even preaching with this rumbling sound in my head. Let me tell you a few stories this morning. I really want to share something with you to let you see what can happen to you. The enemy wants you to buy into this thought that God can do more for someone else than he can do for you. The enemy wants you to buy into thoughts like this. Well, they had their sin forgiven because their sin was not as great as mine. And guilt will come on you and comparison to others will come on you and you will struggle by thinking that you have gone so far and you've done so much that you're not a candidate for forgiveness. The enemy will get you to compare in your happiness to others. You ever done that before? I know I've done it. You'll look at certain people and you're like, man, look at how happy they are. They got the perfect little family. Look at them, they always hugging. Their kids look so perfect. Everybody's so happy. Meanwhile, we just about killed each other eating donuts this morning at the house. We threw powdered donuts. We got to go home and clean all that stuff up. Man, I, I was tapping out in the kitchen. Just quit choking me, honey. Quit choking me. All kind of, meanwhile, look at them. They're just so pretty and perfect. And you'll start thinking, we'll never be like that. We'll never get it together. And then the worst is when you start comparing your kids. Look at their little kid. Their little kid scored a touchdown yesterday. My little kid sat on the bench. Look at their little kids. They got scholarships. Me, I'm down at the blood bank just to pay for Tarrant Community College. You'll start comparing, man. You know what I'm telling you is true. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. Don't be looking around comparing yourself because here's what the word of the Lord tells us. He is not respect, he's not gonna respect, he's not gonna show his goodness to anyone more than he can show to you. The key is you. It's not him showing certain favor to others, it's are you in the position to be favored? Are you in the position to receive? So I wanna share, I wanna share two quick stories with you that happened in this church 
with normal good old people that love the Lord just like you. But the key is they did some things that brought on the goodness of God. This is critical. Catch this. The goodness of the Lord is God's response to a step that you've taken. Let me tell you a quick story. Denora and I recently had dinner with a family in this church, and they told me something spectacular. A couple years ago, several years ago to be exact, this lady in our church, her grandfather, saw an opportunity to buy some property. Now, before you start comparing today to the, to the season of this story, uh, don't be unfair to yourself nor to the story. Take it all within context. In his day and time, this grandfather was able to buy 400 acres at 10 cents an acre. But before we go, I jump all over that. I got $21 right now. The catch was that was a stretch for him when he bought it. Because where he lived was an area of our country that was poverty. Where he lived was an area of our country that he didn't have much. But he saw an opportunity and he jumped on it. Listen to me. God presents opportunities. The key is, can you see what he's presenting? The key is, are you in a place spiritually in tune enough to see the goodness of God? Because the goodness of the Lord is coming to your life, but the key of Scripture is, I'll see it. Can you see the goodness of God? Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. God sends people into our lives. Can you see the goodness of the Lord? Or do you just ignore them? Oh, they silly. They half crazy. I don't want to be seen with them. You're, you, you, you cross paths with people. I recently saw something phenomenal on the internet. I forget if it was on Facebook or if someone emailed me. Somehow or another, someone got this little video clip in my possession and I witnessed it. There was this homeless man sitting on, the, on a wall and he was sitting there with his little sign asking for food. And when somebody would come by, he would trouble them and ask them, stop them. He would stop them in the tracks asking them for a little something. And then he would blow their mind because he would whip out 20 bucks and give it to them. But the, 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 the social, uh, the practice here, the experiment was so many people would ignore him that they would just walk by, quit bothering me, quit, leave, leave me alone, you needy thing, get a job, get a job, and they would move on, and they missed 20 bucks. Now, I know I'm stretching, but let's twist this. How many times has God's goodness shown up it just didn't look like you thought it would look. You thought, oh, I wouldn't want to take that job. That's, that, that job's silly. Little did you know that job probably had potential of growth beyond silly. This man was, was given an opportunity to buy some land for 10 cents. Now, what your natural thought is one of these thoughts. Your natural thought would be, man, I jump all over that. You can't get land that cheap these days. That's crazy. Or there's even somebody that would think, I wouldn't buy land for 10 cents. It's probably like a sinkhole or something. The goodness of God comes to our lives in different ways, at different times. Oftentimes, it doesn't look like what you think. Well, this guy took a step, and he bought this land. And here in the recent years, his granddaughter told me personally the story that the state needed to build a new lake, a reservoir. And they came to this grandfather and they said, we want to either 
take your land from you or we'll let you sell it to us for $1,250 per acre. Anybody need to go to the Lord and pray about that decision? <laughs> Anybody need to consult with others about that decision? Boy, I'd be like, uh, you better get that pen out. I'm ready to sign. 10 cents an acre, sold it for $12.50. That's seeing the goodness of the Lord. Now, you might say, well, that can't ever happen to me. Well, with that attitude, it's never going to happen to you because you're already determined to put blinders over your eyes and you won't see the goodness of the Lord. Let me tell you something else that happened right here in our church. Had a little family in our church, faithful people, have always loved the Lord, always been faithful to God with the little that they did have. They were always putting God first. And through their conservative lifestyle, they, they gathered together just a small little, a little nugget, a little nest egg of money. But they wanted to leave the city and they wanted to go out of town here, uh, out of town here in the southwest, just a, just a little bit, close enough to still come to Calvary, close enough to see their kids, but they wanted a little piece of property. They took everything they had, they took a big step, and they, and they, and they made the purchase. A little overwhelmed at first until they heard that there was a need to angle drill under their property. Well, one drill turned to two, two to three. Three to four, four to five. And, you know, that's about high as I can count in English. So we'll just say that it topped out higher than 10. Higher than 10 different drills pumping and tapping underneath that property. And now they are witnessing, living out by seeing the goodness of the Lord. Here's my catch. Our natural way of thinking is, that's never going to happen to me. Our natural response right now is, well, I'm so glad it happened to them, but it's about time the goodness of the Lord showed up in my house. Well, have you been able to see the goodness of the Lord? Because the goodness of God is coming into your life. The catch is, how are you seeing it? You remember what grandma taught you? Grandma said, here's a glass of water. Is it half full or half empty? How are you seeing your life right now? Do you choose to see it as, man, that's crazy. All I have to do is work, work, work. They want more and more and more. I'm up to 48 hours. I'm up to 52 hours. The goodness of the Lord is you got 52 hours of work. That's not the goodness of the Lord. Then go and find yourself a bridge. Look at these kids. Look at these kids. These kids are breaking us. I'm telling you, they ate three loaves of bread this week. These kids are crazy, growing like weeds. Find yourself as a couple wanting kids. Do you see the goodness of the Lord? Man, this old body of mine, it's hurting. It, you're breathing. Do you see the goodness of the Lord? Man, this woman won't stop nagging me. She's putting up with you. Do you see the goodness of the Lord. If you could only see what she's putting up with, God's goodness has flat put a skirt on and walked into your life. He's manifest himself again, and her name is your wife. But we don't see the goodness of the woman can't cook, woman won't clean. Woman is living with that kind of attitude. That's the goodness 
of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands this morning. I had you clap where I can move on because I was, I was, boy, I was getting down. I was getting down there where we really live. No, 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 don't do that. Preach something surface where all of us can be blessed. No, you're blessed because she's sitting with you still after all of that. Turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 13. I got I to gotta hurry. We got new members lunch, people hungry. I'm hungry. Proverbs 13 chapter 22. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 22, my bad. Now, I'm going to break this scripture down quickly this morning. not going to keep you much longer. And I want to deal with the elephant in the room on this. A lot of of people are, uh, everybody say prosperity. Here's something that gets abused in the the Christian faith, in the world we're living in. It's unfortunate what what, um, prosperity teaching and preaching has done to the church because it's created a divide. And what I mean by that is this. Either you're all into prosperity teaching and preaching or you're all against prosperity teaching and preaching. Some people are like, I am so turned off with church. It's all about money, money, money. And then there's other people that's like, I love me some church because I've seen the blessings of God in my life. Very few times do we have a balanced approach And I pray and I believe God is giving us wisdom at Calvary to balance the approach because we know that that God's desire is to bless his children. But we also know that God's only able to do what he can do with what he's working with. Where prosperity preaching gets a little goofy is you can live however you want to live. You can do whatever you want to do. You can be as selfish and greedy as you want to be, and God's just going to send you miracle money. Man, you goofy. But the other side is God does honor you when you put him first. So let me, let me show you a neat scripture that oftentimes is a little manipulate, uh, manipulated and, and used with a, a manipulative approach of prosperity, but I want you to see it with balance. Anybody say amen? Proverbs 13, 22. The wealth of the ungodly will eventually find its way into the hands of the righteous for whom it has been laid up. Now let's deal with a few topics out of this. The wealth. The wealth is not just money. The wealth is a good marriage. The wealth is, is contentment in the home. The wealth is finances, but the wealth is so much greater than just the dollar. Because I know a lot of people with a lot of dollars that are not happy in their place with life and God. So we know, we can rule out the fact that this is not just about money. So catch this. But it's, we got the wealth. The wealth of whom? the ungodly, but we also see a transfer. It will eventually find its way into the hands of the righteous. Check this out. For whom it has been laid up. Now, I don't have the time to truly get this across the way I want to, but we can go all the way back to creation. God's plan 
for his children was the wealth of God. We're going to say the goodness of God. The goodness of God was the plan for his children. And along came sin through poor choices and bad decisions. But that did not nullify the goodness of God. It just got it paused. It stopped the flow of God's goodness for a moment until God could restore the relationship with his, his children. Are you tracking with me so far? And I'm sorry if you're not. I can't get bogged down there too long. But what we have here is the goodness of God. The goodness of God is not for the unrighteous. It's for you, the children of God. But because of the, of the mistakes made in the garden and throughout history, it's been distributed or it's been taken rather. It's been, it's been mishandled by so many that we have blood-bought, sanctified children of God that are walking around living without seeing his goodness. You've put your faith in his salvation and in his grace to save you, but you've not put your confidence in his full provision. Let me break it down for you and I'll be quick. You believe God because you don't want to go to hell, so you put your faith in God to save you, but you're willing to live through hell on the way. You're willing to put your full confidence in him to save you, but we're determined to do things our way while we're here. Are you tracking with me? <laughs> Lord, I believe you died for me, and, and I've prayed, and I've put my trust in your, faith, in, your, in your grace, but God, I gotta work this out. I've gotta work this out here in this little world of mine. I gotta work it out. I gotta get me a good team of people around me. We're gonna have to come up with a strategy and God's like, man, you put your faith in me to save you. Won't you put your faith in me and let me lighten your load with all of these life's struggles? Because I've got some wealth. I've got some goodness that's laid up with your name on it. But you're going to have to allow me to give it to you. My little girl, Sailor, she goes to a little public school here in town called the Academy. And I, I know Joe and so many others. Y'all, Our kids all go to school together down there. Well, one thing that's crazy about that school, Brandy, I know you've got kids. What's crazy about that school is they all got to wear these little uniforms. And come wintertime, you know, there's several hundred little kids running around with the same sweatshirt on. And, and uh, none of y'all's kids do this, but my kids never bring the sweatshirt home. So I get the duty and the bright privilege to be able to go into this nasty, sweat-infested little closet with all these nasty, unwashed little sweatshirts, and I got to go through one after another, and I already got issues with that kind of stuff, you know? I got a little hang-up. I got to get delivered by that. I got a little sanitizer in my pocket. I'm like, okay, Lord Jesus, I cast this stuff out of here before we go work. And I look at one, it's like, no, nope, that's little Julio's sweatshirt. I look at this, no, that's Steve's. I look at this, no, that's Lucy's. I look at this, and I'm looking for what belongs to us. But the key is, if I will look long enough, I will, everybody say, eventually, I will eventually find what's mine. But I've got to go through, Terry, I know you got kids over there, I've seen you in that closet. What's weird is, I see you there a lot and you're smiling like you enjoy that closet, that's weird. <laughs> some people got some weird stuff going on, Terry. 
He's like, come in the closet. Look at this. Man, you weird, Terry. I'm just messing with my man. Check this out, though. The wealth, the goodness of God has been stored up for the righteous, and it will eventually be transferred, but it's not going to happen if you're not praying, if you're not worshiping, if you're not being found faithful, if you're not sowing, if you're not believing, you ready? If you're not expecting, if you're just gonna coast, the goodness of the Lord can't catch up with you. He's already laid it up for us, but we have to put forth a little bit of interest, show a little interest of what we need from God and put our confidence that God will provide. In other words, you gotta get your hands dirty every now and then. You gotta get your knees dirty every now and then and get down and say, Lord Jesus, I need you to come through for me and I know you've laid up some goodness with my name on it. And I see everybody else and they're having everything met in their life and they're happy, they got it all together, but Lord, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I need to see your goodness come down in my life and turn my life around. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. The wealth, the wealth of the ungodly will eventually find its way into the hands of the righteous for whom it's been laid up. Eventually, 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 I'm gonna see the goodness of the Lord. The key is stay in it long enough to see it. Everybody say, don't give up on the Lord. Anybody watch that Mayweather fight last night? A few of you did. Did I hear like a moan or something? Somebody was moaning. I guess Pacquiao's cousins here or something was all disappointed. Boy, I got an invitation to go watch that fight. It was so funny. I leaned over to the guy sitting next to me as I was watching that fight last night. The thing didn't start till like 11 at night. I leaned over and I said, I can tell you right now, I... I I want to see a knockout for more than one reason. He said, what you mean? I said, because I'm ready to go to bed. It's late. <laughs> Boy, it's 11 o'clock. I'm sitting there, eyes crossed, like, oh, oh, hit him again. Hit him again. <laughs> but check this out. I was watching them boys fight last night. You watched it, Bobby? I was watching them fight last night. And, boy, that Mayweather, you know, he's, a, he's an artist. He's so long with his reach. He's got arms like me. And he was just reaching out there. <laughs> He'd reach out there and just... He'd just tap on old man. He'd just pop, pop. He'd just like, like wake up, boy. Pop, pop. He'd just hit him like that. And then I know where boy, he'd hit him. And old poor Manny Pacquiao, bless his little heart. That boy looked ragged last night, didn't he? His old head was swollen up in places I didn't know you could swell. And he ended up losing his fight. But y'all ready for this? That sucker still walked away with $140 million. Do you know how he would have nullified that $140 million if he wouldn't have finished what he started. Here's the catch. Don't give up on the Lord. If you'll just keep in the ring, stay in the fight, you will finish your race and you will eventually see the goodness of the Lord. 
But when things that pop in you and when life comes popping you, don't give up on God. What was our text? Our text said in Psalms 27, the very first scriptures we read, I'm sure, I'm confident, I'm persuaded. I know that I will see the goodness of God. But check this out. Then he says, stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. And then it must be important because the Bible says, I'll say it again. Stay with God. Want me to tell you why so many people that you look at and wonder how and where and man, it's because they've stayed with it. My bishop has taught me through the years, you never get ahead by always starting over. Can I just drop a word in somebody's life this morning before I pray over you? You're never going to catch up with the goodness of God if you quit on him every Monday. I know you're here on Sunday, but you can't quit on Monday. Because God's goodness is looking for you. He's got some stuff laid up for you. He's wanting to get it out of the hands of the unrighteous and put it into your life. But if he never knows where you are on Monday, it's hard for his goodness to catch up with you. Come on, somebody. Stay with him. Don't quit. Don't call it a day. Don't throw in the towel. When that bell rings, come on out on Monday morning. Take a few shots. That's all right. Back up and knock him out too. Just somebody needs to get a little something in your spirit that says, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. Stand with me this morning.